a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and administer the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, the the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more uh, radical. <laughs> what part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? <laughs> if you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. <laughs> mm. Well, welcome to welcome to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> what are you eating? Oh, um, I'm eating my Halloween candy. <laughs> I thought you didn't believe in Halloween. <laughs> no. Did you go trick or treating? Uh, indeed, I did not. The children were walking around. Hmm. I did. <laughs> what were you dressed as? Oh, for Halloween this year, I dressed up as a sacramental entrepreneur. <laughs> So what does that look like? <laughs> this is a setup. It's I didn't even know you were setting me up for a joke, and now I realize it. Oh, okay. it is scary. At least the angels are terrified. <clears throat> what did uh, <laughs> what, what what did you dress up as? That's all that. That's all that I thought out. I didn't really think about any more of the joke <laughs> so than that. Sweater. I can what? do this. Then. <laughs> sweater vest with a Faith Rogue River embroidery on your um, the Club Rogue River Club Rogue River <laughs> embroidery T-shirt. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, hey, we've got a great show in store for you today. I don't have any idea what's happening You today. need to check our Trello thing. Oh, yeah, okay, Trello. We are so organized. I, do you know what I like about our Trello setup for planning Table Talk Radio? Yes, I do. <laughs> Go ahead. And that is you don't have to talk to me to plan yes. the show. Yes. <laughs> that is a delight. Well, those okay, uh, here it is. those of the hosts that have checked Trello, why don't you tell us what we're doing then? Um, I see here it says uh, uh, episode planning. Uh, one, buzzwords email. Two, if you like it, then you better put the best construction. Oh, that's my favorite game. <laughs> if you like it, then you better put the best construction on it. If you Then part three, critique new video, let the lion roar, a video about God using the nation of Israel today. Oh, is this to promo our trip? <laughs> and then hey. critique continued. Yes. Uh, yeah, I forgot about uh, your trip. To- how, are the- how are the signups coming? Good. We still got space, but we got uh, I think we got 17 people signed up to come along, so that's good. Halfway there. Nice. And uh and there's a discount if you come uh packing heat, is that correct? 
quiet. There's a million Table Talk radio points to any listener who comes along on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think our, our final segment of the show ought to you know, really boost uh, sales on that trip. <laughs> Sabotage. Hold on a minute. I'm really... Oh, look at this. This is good. I pulled up the Theopedia random article, and the first one is a buzzword I can use. Oh, go for it then. Sanctification. Boring. All right, hold on. Alt R. <laughs> Isaac Bacchus? No. <laughs> Historicity of Jesus? No. James White? No. Tribulation? Ah. For there will be great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be again. Uh, the great tribulation is the specific event of God's judgment carried about, about <laughs> carried out upon the earth immediately prior to the second coming of Jesus in glory. That is the buzzword for you: tribulation. Tribulation. Got it. Got it. I ought to be able to get that in. Um, yeah. My theological buzzword for you from Theopedia: uh, compliments of Alt R. Is monophyt. <laughs> Monophysitism. Monophysitism. That means you only have one physite? Yeah, one physite. Uh, is the Christological position that Christ has only one nature, as opposed to the Chalcedian position, which holds that Christ has two natures, one divine and one human. There are two major doctrines that can be undisputedly called monophysite, and that is Eutychianism. Um, that's the one, let's see, Eutychianism is the... Uh, Mixing. Yeah, so they're they're... Conjoined together, there's not actually a distinction between the two. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. And then Apollinarianism, uh, that is, uh, is that the, I'm trying to, that's the one with uh, Jesus's body is body, but his soul is, is divine. Is that, the, is that the right one? Apollinarianism? I can never remember that one. Let me see. I'll just click on it then. Man, there are a lot of, uh, the there's a maintaining... lot of ways to go wrong on this stuff. Yeah, that, that, oh, no, no, no I'm sorry. I was all wrong. The heresy maintaining that Jesus Christ was not a real man, but not totally divine either, suggests that he had a... Oh, I was right. He had a human body and a human soul, but his mind was taken over by the eternal Lagos. So I guess that's a little bit different. Got that? Anyway, your buzzword is monophysitism. No you got problem. it. That's easy. It comes up without even thinking about it. You probably use that every day. I do. Okay. Why don't you give us an email? How many physites do you have? One. Oh. Okay. Here's some. Look at this. The Trello has the email. Did you see how that works? Yes. That's amazing. Okay. So. Nobody knows what we're talking about. There's a Trello. There's this thing called Trello, and we use it to plan the show. Now everybody does. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Lisa writes Lisa from New York. Uh, hello, Pashers. What do you make of these two pictures with words? Memes, I think. Thanks. I know all about the memes. I use the memes to hate tweet Luther uh, quotes. <laughs> Great. I do. I got a little Luther thing, and I make the Luther quote memes. So oh, Luther that's... hate tweets, Chemnitz hate tweets. Okay, one picture is, I'll explain it to you and then uh, tell you the words on it. It has a lady on the edge of this cliff in the mountains with her arms spread wide open with a backpack behind her. Beautiful forest. And then in the sky. Now, would that be like mountain, uh, Colorado mountains or more like Oregon mountains? I'd say more like Oregon mountains. Okay. And and the reason that I would say that is because the trees go all the way to the top. Uh Uh-huh. In Colorado, the trees get tired before they get to the top and Mm -hmm. stop. They quit. Yep. 
in Oregon, they go all the way to the top. They're they're got a lot of energy, I suppose. Now, um, or it could be that the trees were all the way to the top of the mountains in in Colorado, but then they started receding, like they're getting <laughs> bald. Kind of like your hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got more of a, a Colorado head of hair, and I got more of an Oregon head of hair. <laughs> no, this is the opposite. Have you looked at your hair lately? <laughs> you need to borrow some of my hair. I'll let you borrow it if you need to go on. Okay, here's the quote. Praise God for the trial you are going through, and know that he is leading you to the perfect answer. Pastor John Hagee. Okay, so here is it, here it is again. Praise God for the trial you are going through and know that he is leading you to the perfect answer. I really, really, really like the first part of that. Praise God for the trial you're going through? Uh-huh. Or the picture of the bronze? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I dislike the second answer. Yes, why? Leading you part. to the perfect answer? Yeah, because it seems to imply that the reason... Well, it depends what that answer is, doesn't it? It seems to imply that the perfect answer is the answer of to why I'm going through this, what God wants you to learn, uh, this kind of a thing. Whereas really um, what we should be seeing in our trial is our Lord, our, our Savior crucified for us, who suffered for us in all things. And this, and this is the only reason we can praise God in our trial, Right. So if that's the perfect answer that's implied by Pastor John Hagee, I guess I'm, I'm on board with this. But I don't think that's what he's getting at. Uh, what do you think he's getting at? We should use this to play. If you like it, then you better put the best construction on it. Oh, that's later. Oh, but you are looking for content for that, aren't you? I am. I am. Um, well, I think I... So, so the, the best construction is that the perfect answer is Jesus. Yes. The worst construction is that the perfect answer is your ability to overcome the trial. Yeah. <laughs> the probable construction is that your ability to overcome the trial. <laughs> and that's how we do it on Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Bringing you the best and worst construction or the for likely, the past six yeah. years. <laughs> I got another one uh, from this email. Here's another picture, another meme. How do I find this? Oh, here it is. Yeah, it says uh, it says uh, it has a picture. It's a postcard, dark background, and then there's there's f- five pictures of the moon across the bottom. Uh, four of them are red moons, and another is a uh, eclipse. And each one of them is labeled with a date: Passover, Sukkot, Adar, Passover, Sukkot. And it says four blood moons. Something is about to change. And here's the quote. Bible prophecy proves beyond any shadow of a doubt that there is a sovereign God. Also, Pastor John Hagee. What make you of this one? So what? what's the eclipse labeled as? What do you mean? Oh, because it's not a blood moon, but it's Adar, Nisan 1. Hmm. That's the day. That's the, first, that's the day of the new year for the Jewish calendar. Oh. See, these four blood moons are coming on these Jewish holidays, which is obviously a, a fulfillment of some... Bible prophecy, is it not? I see. So because the calendar that the Jews use line up with the moons, that means that God is sovereign. We'll be right back and we'll discuss this a little bit more. Cable Talk Radio.
If you're not easily embarrassed, tell your friends about Table Talk Radio. Long ago, in what many ways and various times, God speak to, spoke to his people of old by the prophets. Yes. I but now in part. these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. Yeah. So John Hagee's wrong. Oh, oh yeah, I see. You're responding to the thing. The... <laughs> yeah. So I we totally don't... forgot about so that. So many in various ways, like through blood moons, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus. So that if we have the Holy Scriptures, which, if you remember, are all about Jesus. Uh, remember how Jesus said something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you search the Scriptures saying that they... I, I do recall. You, uh, you have life in them, but... Not knowing they are the ones that testify of me. Yeah, John 5. Yeah, I remember that text. Yeah. Um, So the scriptures are uh, the very very word of God, and the the word became flesh. So we have Jesus, and this is how we know. This is God's revelation to us. So with Jesus, we don't need blood moons. You hate the lost. Yeah, I guess that. Okay. um, And also you hate crisis. I don't know how you can be such a hater of crisis. It is such a huge advantage to be able to read the Bible with the newspaper in your hand because it is, it, it is, there's no better way to get people worked up into a flat-out froth. This radio show is a crisis. True. Crisis. But look, at least <laughs> crisis is what? Crisis Nothing. of faith? <laughs> yeah. This radio show is a crisis of journalism. All right, Speaking let's, of journalism, oh, I got yes. right here in my hand a piece of newspaper with words on it that I, I'm going to read to you to play the game. If you like it, then you better. Why, could, why didn't we have the bump coming in, the proper bump for this show? That's our bump out for you, just so you know. Okay. I was going to uh, start talking about how Table Talk Radio is part of the EICJ network. Excellence in CJ. Excellence in Christian journalism. <laughs> Hold on, let me add that to our inside joke list. <laughs> here it is. I'm, I'm talking here on the EICJ microphone. <laughs> the golden EICJ. <laughs> EICJ. Excellence. We were... Uh, the, the, can you explain this inside joke? Oh, yeah. So uh, we were talking about... Um, uh, oh, this church down in, uh, I think, Katy, Texas, that said... Uh, Bill uh, Woozy. Yeah, he said that you know many people think that our church is a non-denominational church, which is understandable with the hip music and everything. But actually, our church is a member of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And I think I had said that uh, that was kind of like um, a surprise party, and you had said that that was kind of like a theological cross-dresser. <laughs> and we were accused of being poor journalists. Yes, poor journalism right there. But that, no, we are—this is excellent. We resist that insult. <laughs> And insist that we are, in fact, <laughs> we have an infused excellence. Okay, this is a full ad taken out by the American Humanist Association. Got it. 
in the newspaper, and it's the top of it says, We believe that the world would be a better place if every child was born, was wanted, loved, and whose parents were prepared and willing to provide them with a fulfilling life. Whew. Okay. Now, that, I think that, that statement, you've got to put the best construction on it and then the most likely construction. Okay, you better give it to me one more time. We believe that the world would be a better place if every child born was wanted, loved, and whose parents were prepared and willing to provide them with a fulfilling life. Okay. The best construction on, on this, and this is a stretch, <laughs> is that uh, this <laughs> said group, it, it's almost like this is almost tongue-in-cheek. I'm <laughs> just saying. Your your best this, construction is tongue in cheek. Yes, almost. I mean it's it's right on the line. Like right here is best construction and just inches more is tongue in cheek. And that is that said group really wants to see a decrease in abortion. Now there's where No, it's no, like, no, 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 you missed it. You missed it. You you I mean I think you're right in that but here's the best construction is that this is criticizing parents for not wanting the children that they're having. Ah. See, okay. we believe that the world be a better place if every child born was wanted. So you you parents should want your child, love your child, be prepared and willing to provide for that child and in that sense this is right. Okay. <laughs> See? Okay, fair enough. But but I think where the criticism is is well so this is this is going to play the difference of of this construction. Yeah, uh, is a child's um, where where why is a child wanted? Is it because the parents ought to embrace the child they've been given as a gift from the Lord? Right. Say like, oh well, uh, this is what the Lord has given me, so I guess I would want this child. Or is it that I'm only going to have children if I want it? <laughs> You see or, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And or then you say you 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 end up pregnant as a uh, uh, as a mom or a dad. Now you're going to have a baby, and you, and and you don't want the child. And there's no sense of the fact that you don't want the child being a sin. Oh, I don't want this child. Well, then repent <laughs> and, then <laughs> and <want> change <laughs> what you want. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's no sense that the things that I want or don't want can be in any way questioned. How dare you question what I want? Right. So that that wanting is so sacred and so unassailable that the thing that has to be changed is not the fact that I want don't want the child, but the fact that I have the child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our emotions and desires are so immutable and uh, uh, th- that we worship so much. Do we worship the things that we desire desires, and want yeah. that we have to sacrifice everything at the altar of those desires? I mean, that is such an abomination. Now, here's the great irony. Well, in this well, thing. Before you. Whoa, hold on there. Before you go into that, <laughs> that what, what makes a difference here is whether uh, this thing we're talking about is a human has intrinsic human life or not. So that if if you, Pastor Wolfmiller, give me a, a cream soda, and this is what you have given me, and I think I don't want it, then I have the I have the sheer freedom to throw it away into the dumpster because it's not something that I want. But if the thing given has intrinsic value, that is uh, value above all else, a human life, then whether I want it or don't want it uh, doesn't give me the freedom to discard it. Right. That's right. 
Now, here this thing continues. The authors of the U.S. Constitution enacted as their First Amendment the provision, Congress shall pass no law respecting the establishment of religion. Our nation was intended as a secular nation without the divine authority of a monarch or pope. Our laws were intended to be be enacted as product of, uh, of discourse among we the people about our collective judgment of what serves the general welfare. Thus, our Constitution excludes decisions based on faith or divine authority. Faith-based decisions or claims of divine authority are not debatable because there's no observation from the experience to measure their consequences or disprove their assertions. This is so ridiculous. But the most ridiculous thing about it is that that paragraph follows after the paragraph that begins, we believe. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing how uh, annoyingly religious these types are. I know. We believe that the world would be a better place? Or is this some sort of creed? I, I, mean, I mean, and now I'm supposed to believe your creed, but you can't believe my... No, you won't allow my creed into the conversation, but you start your newspaper ad here with, We believe! A statement of faith! Oh, my goodness. And, and then this, this idea that you don't have any proof for the fact that murdering babies is a bad idea. I mean, what? it's not like that's some sort of secret. Like God says in heaven, hey, you'll never notice this, but, but I'm going to tell you, and you just got to take it on <laughs> faith, that it's no good to murder people. I mean, that's just insane it has nothing to do with theology right i mean oh, i mean you you would people. have to make the case that there is not a single person in the world who is opposed to uh the taking of an innocent life in uh, an unborn child um that is not religious i mean there there have to not be one example of an atheist who is against abortion <laughs> right right which is false right but here this says here look humanists come to this position that women have have the right to abort their, to in pregnancy by making moral choices based on collective life experience, not supernatural dogma. Ugh. Life. So collective life experience is how we've we've decided through collective life experience that this is a good sort of thing. Except the problem is you're not collecting the experiences of all the babies. Yeah, and I I think that most societies have determined that. Uh, well, that murder is kind of a bad thing for society. Yeah, I know. I'm just against murder in general. Because collectively, I think we're all, I mean, I no, mean, the normally. problem is you don't get to ask the people who have been murdered <laughs> yeah. what they think about it. Right. <laughs> okay, so the the best construction on this, I think, as you have said, the worst construction is that um, the said group here uh, – Profiteers off of uh, said abortions, um, such as um, uh, the abortion clinics that get $300 a pop. And the more they can influence society uh, to uh, have abortions, the more money they're going to get. So that's probably the worst construction. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I would say I don't know this group at all, so I'm going to put it somewhere in the middle that uh, we want to have our desires uh, kept sacred and holy, as you have said. And so we will not let any legislation whatsoever get in the way of our wants and desires. The holy, unassailable want. Lord yeah. mercy. Forget, forget the fact that, uh, that we could uh, live a life that does, that does not have to necessitate the 
the taking of a human life, that we could actually uh, see what God has given us in the Sixth Commandment as something for marriage, uh, in which children are wanted. And uh, I'll and tell you right. what, you are right when you say never mind that, because no minds are being bent towards it right now. Table Talk Radio. You won't find a better show out there unless you try. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. In for the last next two segments of the program, we're going to be talking about a a new uh, video that all your friends know about that you don't, um, and that is a video called "Let the Lion Roar." And, Are you insulting uh, me or insulting our listeners? Oh, you. Okay. You should just probably just it. assume that I'm always insulting you. Okay. Uh, I take that as an insult. This is <laughs> well done. This video, "Let the Lion Roar," is uh, uh, a video that has all kinds of acclaim from various Christian artists and the Dove Foundation and and all these things. Who is the uh, Dove Foundation? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Foundation of doves? <laughs> they, they, they found a bunch of doves. Oddly, when you have a when you want to call something a foundation, you probably shouldn't pick something that flies. <laughs> but just saying, that's just for you marketing gurus out there taking notes. Uh, the <laughs> Dove Foundation is a source for family friendly movie reviews. Oh. Trying to get Hans Feeney to do that for the blog around the word. <laughs> endorse it? Yeah. No, not to endorse the dump. He's going to be the movie reviewer. Oh, okay. I thought you wanted him to endorse the blog. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, Hans. He would say, <laughs> Hey, Patrick. Yeah. Have you seen around a word? <laughs> In any case... Um, this this uh, Let the Lion Roar video is all about this guy, uh, Francisky Frank, who uh, was given a vision. And over the over 20 years, he figures out what this vision is all about. But in the vision, he constantly saw the words, finish the Reformation. Oh. Ooh, finish the Reformation. He's, he was given a vision by, did he identify where it came from? God or something? Uh, he didn't. Well, that's the assumption. I don't. Know I wonder what the Finns think about that. <laughs> finish the Reformation. Uh, I thought the Reformation was German, but finish. <laughs> In any case, um, the point is that uh, that the reformers got a a good start on on recovering the gospel, but they they missed not only missed certain things, but suppressed certain things to deceive uh, the church in years to come. Oh, it's a and, conspiracy theory. And, yeah, and we are the heirs of such deception. Oh. Um, but so here he is uh, talking about how, uh, see, Israel is God's favored people, and Luther at first was on board with this, and this is the quote that they have of Luther. They have dealt with the Jews as though they were dogs, and not human beings. They have cursed them and seized their wealth. I would beg everybody to deal kindly with the Jews and instruct them in the scriptures. In such a way we could expect them to come over to us. We must receive them kindly come Luther and allow like he's from them to France. compete with us in earning a livelihood. That's kind of weird too. <laughs> and if some remain obstinate, 
It's Fuck the off it. Francis the Reformation. <laughs> For this, you the Vatican that? called him a half Jew. Yeah. Luther played their game and replied, "Day, the Jews are blood brothers of our Lord. If it were proper to boast of flesh and blood, the Jews belong to Christ more than we." That's a big if. Therefore, right my dear Pappas, if you become tired of abusing me as a heretic, that you begin to revile me as a Jew. Okay, why don't you take? Why don't you explain that so far? Any, anything so far that you uh, would not identify of what Luther would actually say? No, no. Um, I mean, the the big thing is the if there. If it were okay to boast of flesh and blood, then we should. They have reason to boast, but mm-hmm. this this is what the scripture, the New Testament, is establishing: that there is no boasting in blood. Uh, God can raise up children of Abraham from the rocks. These Paul says, "I'm you know Jew of Jew, Pharisee." Excuse me, a Pharisee of Pharisees, and yeah, thank you. And um, uh, but this is nothing to boast of. You see, right. nothing so, that uh, to lay claim to. So Luther sees this identity with uh, with the Jews. Um, insofar as if, I mean, we have an identity that, that the Messiah has come through Israel and that insofar as we have faith in Christ, we too are members of, of Israel. That's right. Now, Luther also had the idea at the beginning of his life, and maybe this video is going to talk about this, that if the Jews were treated with kindness and spoken the, with the gospel to, the clear gospel, that they would convert and join well, I think, yeah, I think Christians that's what the first and rejoicing quote, in Christ. I think that's the context of the first quote that was that was played. Yeah. To, to, yeah. To now, at the end of his life, this didn't happen, oh, and Luther worry. just kind of goes on a rampage. <laughs> yeah, here it goes. <laughs> but the Jews did not convert as Luther expected. He was outraged. He turned bitterly against them and cursed them. Burn their synagogues and schools. What will not burn, mm-hmm. bury it with earth. Let neither stone nor rubbish remain. In like manner, break into and destroy their homes. Take away the the prayer book on Talmuds, for in them there is nothing but godlessness, lies, cursing, and swearing. Forbid the rabbis to teach on pain of life or limb. Yeah. He, that's uh, Luther against the Jews and their lies. And this is often brought up. I mean, it was a, uh, uh, it was a wrong and a sin, what Luther said. Uh, so I don't think we need to, uh, we need to kind of cover it up in any way. But it, I think we do need to uh, understand it in context. I mean, Luther didn't understand um, Judaism as a race. I mean, he wasn't a Darwinist. There were no Darwinists yet. Uh, so he, it wasn't for him a matter of race, but rather a matter of confession. And he said, look, the, uh, the Jews don't preach Christ, and that is bad. And so we shouldn't let them teach, uh, especially in the time when the teaching was uh, a matter of kind of the government officials. Now, we remember, though, that, I mean, Luther, I mean, remember what Luther said about pastors that wouldn't teach the catechism, right. that you should throw dung at them and bait them with, for the dogs. I mean, so this is a, a, a kind of a, it's, this kind of harshness is not an, any sort of exceptional harshness for Luther or, or, the, or the Lutherans. 
so, he, so he'd say the same thing about the, the anybody who who wouldn't teach Christ. Right. So Christ. I I mean we have to. I mean I I don't think what Luther is saying. Uh, when he says to burn the synagogue, I mean he's not he's not endorsing murder and vandalism. I I, I mean I, I don't think that you can read Luther as a whole and to say when he uses such language he's actually endorsing these things. Um, I think he is speaking with kind of this harshness, and you know we we don't have to defend Luther where he has has uh, spoken too harshly, but I think that we have a hard time reading Luther in his day versus kind of in our easily offended sensible way. Yeah. Well, the video continues. Uh, this is what we have inherited um, as heirs of the Reformation. Please call the third witness, the Protestant Church. Let me ask you, how did things go on for you following the Reformation? It was the Reformation that birthed us. It gave us our gospel and reached to millions. But sadly, we were divided from the beginning. Our founders, the reformers, disagreed from the start. Today we're fragmented into thousands of different denominations. We're Someone said that the church is sleeping, whilst God is weeping. This may well explain why we face so little persecution in the West, because a sleeping tiger is far less dangerous than a wounded tiger. Many of us are into religion rather than relationship with God. We tolerate all sorts of unrighteousness. We strain gnats, but swallow camels. We should be roaring like a lion, but the truth is, we're only whimpering. Is that lady Thank crying? You. <laughs> yeah, because she's bad not, for her. She's she's the one whimpering. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Quit your whimpering, lady. You should maybe roar like a. So I, uh, I'm not quite sure the point is being well made here. I mean, so somehow, um, it, it's almost asserting that. Uh, Western Western Christianity uh, is the only heir of the Reformation. <laughs> I mean, so so we're be so the, uh, so so the uh, Americans uh, American Christianity um, doesn't stand up. We're, we've been fragmented from the beginning, and so uh, we can't really stand up for the truth. But uh, I think someone might be reading, um, might, might be skipping a few years of of history there. I mean. Was there ever a time in which um, people were outspoken and fierce about their faith between now and the Reformation? <laughs> right. Was there ever a time since Adam and Eve when there was a kind of unified church? <laughs> well, that's true, too, yeah. No. Oh, well, we're going to go to a, a quick commercial break, and then uh, after what? this— What? we got to stop listening to this? Oh, we have more. Don't worry. I was just— I was just beginning to be moved. <laughs> That's what I look for. Oh, yeah. Is this moving me? We're trying to get you uh, more towards that relationship end rather than just the religious end of uh, Oh, yeah. That's right. That's my favorite cliche. <laughs> it's all about religion, not about relationship. Oh. All right. Well, we're going to see uh, what exactly the Reformers have been hiding all this time. We get back from this commercial break. We'll be right back. Get your bags together. Go bring your good friends to. 
Listening to Table Talk Radio. Hi, this is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. I know that when you tune in the radio to listen to your favorite Lutheran, conservative, confessional radio show with a game show theme, that you have a lot of choices. So I'd like to thank you for listening to Table Talk Radio. And as a show of our appreciation, I'd like to give you the opportunity to help the show by donating now. So click the Donate Now button at tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for your help. And we're back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, and we are analyzing or critiquing parts of this video called Let the Lion Roar. This is a video uh, that was put out recently. It used all kind of... Uh, um, uh, acclaims from various uh, Christian organizations, um, put out by Francisci Frank, who was uh, given a vision about uh, how the Reformation is not yet finished, and the the Lord wants him to finish the Reformation, and that what is left unfinished is seeing that God is still working with Israel. Um, let's continue, Pastor Wolfmuller, and uh, hear more of this video and see uh, how we would understand this, especially as the Scriptures teach us about Israel. Yes. The devil's this plan so was also weird. designed to injure the nation that God had raised up and which so riled him. It came together exquisitely when he whispered to the church, did God really say Israel is still significant? The inference was that if salvation was personal and exclusively through Yeshua, this then was the whole package. By displacing Israel, the church was now elevated. It bought the lie and lost sight of its true identity and heritage. The power of its early days waned and it slipped towards religiosity. Its grip on the gospel weakened and its fruit degenerated. Wait a the minute. Further the this, church... this sounds like the like some sort of Lord of the Rings story. <laughs> the race of men grew weak. <laughs> As Isildur's heir forgot his power on the throne. Now, is it saying that the church is like the devil because we usurped the place of the Jews? Uh, in a sense, but rather, I, mean, I think just the way that he put it, it would be that the, um, that the church bought the devil's lie. So, yes, uh, similar, similar to the move that the, the devil did, uh, so also he has deceived the church to do as well. Oh, boy. I wonder where this is going. Do you want me to continue? <laughs> yeah. All right. We better hear. Right. Drifted, the less objective it became, and the more the plight of the Jews seemed justified. By the time of the Reformation, the deception was so entrenched that it slipped under the radar. As it wove itself into the recovered gospel, it picked up a whole new lease of life. And to this day, it shapes the understanding of many believers who just don't realize how insidious this ancient deception really is. So what do we make of its power to beguile them, as it beguiled leaders of the early church and the reformers? Well, the devil's power to deceive should never be underestimated, even right up to his final destruction. Okay, 
So I'm going to so, go ahead. So the chief error there is the error of that the Jews are not the special people of God. Is that right? Let's uh, what I'm going to do uh, is skip to the kind of towards the end. And he's going to give his five, five or six theses that he has here. Okay. We'll analyze them. Here they are. Oh, that's nail into the door. It's a lie. Thesis number one. It is a lie that the church replaced Israel in God's purposes. Oh. All right. You want to respond to that? Yes. Um, Because it just doesn't match with the scripture. I mean, um, uh, the entirety of the New Testament is talking about this. But... um, but just, I mean, so here's just a couple of texts. Uh, and I just pulled up this little paper, Dispensationalism, What and Why Not. You can find that somewhere. Just type in Dispensationalism and Wolfmuller on the Google, and it'll come there. Uh, so Abraham is our father, the Jews claimed, and Jesus refuted this, John eight thirty nine. Uh, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, Galatians three twenty nine, which is a fantastic promise. Luke 3, 8, I say God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And then the big one is Ephesians 2, 11 through 19. Remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who were called the uncircumcision by what is called the uncircumcision, by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and broken down the middle of wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, uh, the law of commandments contained in ordinance, so as to create in himself one new man from the two. So that in Christ there is no longer Jew or, Gen- Jew or Greek, Jew or Gentile, that's Galatians 3, but you're all one, so that the church is, is united. It's not a Gentile and a Jewish sort of thing. It's faith that makes us children of Israel. I, I mean, it's crazy to, to say this. So Paul calls the church the Israel of God. I mean, how, how much clearer can you get? What anyway. is that? What, how would you summarize Romans 11 when it says... Um, uh, that uh, God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew, or do you not know that the scripture says in the past about Elijah that how he pleads with uh, God about Israel, or against right. Israel? So so yeah. is that to say that uh, there's now two ways of salvation, uh, <laughs> through Jesus and through Israel? No, no, it's because he, Paul says God has not forsaken his people, and then he says, for example, look at me! <laughs> The way that God has not forsaken his people is by he made some of them to be Christian. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's... So, so salvation for Israel is through that Messiah Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Of course. There's no other way. All right. Here it is. Here's more of the video. Thesis number two. He has to nail it to the wall first. It's not as dramatic. <laughs> this music is dramatic. Thesis number two. The failure to expose this ancient deception distorted the gospel of the Reformation. Oh, goodness. Nothing really to respond to there. No, I mean, this... It's not an ancient... It's the truth of the Scripture. Oh, goodness. Thesis number three. This deception continues to wound both the church and the Jewish people. There's no two things there. Do you see how he's trying to build up this middle wall of separation that Paul says Christ tore down? He tore down the middle wall of separation, making the two one. I, that, I, I, 
it, how much clearer can a text get? But I think I think the where people are led astray on this is is fundamentally a, a way that we would read the a different way that we read the scriptures. So as Christians, we ought to read the Old Testament in light of the New Testament. But the dispensationalists do it all the backwards way, that uh, God is doing his thing with Israel throughout the Old Testament, and then uh, Israel does not accept Jesus, the Messiah, and so you have this great interruption, and now you have the New Testament come in, which is not a fulfillment of the Old Testament, but it is a parenthetical until God resumes. So now you're going to be reading, really, the... New Testament in light of the Old Testament. It's a completely right. backwards way of reading the scriptures. Yes. Okay, so we'll let him continue with this thesis. Thesis number four. The truth about God's ongoing purposes for the nation of Israel needs to stand alongside his purposes for the church. Oh. See, this is just pure dispensationalism right there. Right. This two people, two plans, two futures thing. To- totally unbiblical. I mean, totally. There's nothing about this in, this in the Bible. Thesis number five. The widespread acceptance of the truth will have many consequences, both for the church and for the salvation of all Israel. What does that mean? Ooh, okay. Now we're going to hear from some experts here. <laughs> okay, expert witness. God has planned great things for the Jewish people. In Genesis 17, say? verse 7, Doesn't say. he promises, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you. Okay, now do you want to respond to that? An everlasting well, yeah. covenant? Yeah, so um, that's true. Uh, but that everlasting covenant was a covenant that the people broke, <laughs> uh, so that um, so that by time it gets to Jeremiah, the Lord says, "I'll make a new covenant with you," <laughs> because of the because of the covenant which I made with you that you broke, says the Lord. So that uh, so that um, this everlasting covenant was a broken covenant and has to be uh, fixed by by the Lord. I mean, well, and and the. The offspring between you and the offspring doesn't Paul make the argument in Galatians that the offspring of that covenant is now those who believe in Christ, right? Uh, not not those who have a a bloodline. I mean, it, right. it, it's ironic that they're making the actually the exact same error that uh, Jews of Jesus Day did, the ones who rejected the Messiah in the first place. Yeah, that's right. We're children of Abraham. Who are you? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. But that's it, because this dispensationalism is a return to the eschatology of the Pharisees who wanted Jesus to set up a political kingdom on earth. And now Jesus is going to do that. He's going to come back, and what is he going to do? He's going to reestablish his political kingdom on earth in, with the, with, by rebuilding the temple that Dave, uh, is sitting on David's throne and all this sort of stuff. All right, well, we're almost out of time. I'll finish up with this word. Well, first of all, we'll say that we'll put your article, Dispensationalism, What and Why Not, on our website at tabletalkradio.org. Click on the Articles tab. Um, but also, I, I would say that this, w- the critique that Paul had for the, the saints at Galatia was that they, and critique is like understatement of the week, right. uh, that <laughs> who has bewitched you that you have believed in another gospel, that if you believe uh, anything that other than what was delivered to you, let him be anathema. And this whole thing is d- detracting people from Christ. 
that Christ is the salvation, and to not point to Christ is a false teaching. Five seconds. That's right. That's right. You're right. Oh, I agree. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are super valuable, I promise. And I'll give you a million if you come with us to Israel. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Seeing Table Talk biblical Radio prophecy is not fulfilled for before your Please eyes. Consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, oh, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.